Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it, sometimes on top of it. I wish there was more on top of it. (laughs) You've been too sick to get on top of it. I have been very sick. You have. Yes. You have. And was it, what, a year, year and a half ago that you were first diagnosed with diverticulitis? Year and a half, yeah. And this is a chronic condition. It is. That is related to diverticula, which are the little pockets in your intestines, sort of like pits in your tonsils. They're little pits in your intestines that get stuff in them. Yes. Ideally, that stuff should just pass along through and then it's not in your intestines anymore, but sometimes it gets stuck and infected. It does, which I have thoroughly demonstrated. (laughs) (laughs) Twice now. Well, last time... It was a much milder case. It was. I think the problem in your abdomen was not better or worse. I think this time, the fact that the infection spread and became septic, and then you had a blood infection, was worse. Yes, it was much worse. Yes. Yeah, it was. So So here's the thing, like when you get old like us, they make you have a colonoscopy. I had that about, oh, less than a year before I found out I had diverticulitis. And in the colonoscopy, they noticed that there were these diverticula, these little pockets that could become a problem. And they told you at the time to avoid certain foods that don't fully digest that can get stuck in there. No, they didn't. No, they should have told me that. They should have told you. Yeah, they should have. But certain foods that do not digest completely like popcorn husks or nuts or things like that yes are generally to be avoided this is true and although they didn't get on me about that i knew that factor but i had never had any problems and so i didn't think too much about it and i think if they had said really be careful i would have been more likely to do so but not having had any problems and you do make popcorn and we eat well that's the last popcorn i'm ever eating but we did have popcorn and i don't indulge in a lot of things You do eat a few nut butters that are not like completely pureed. They are coarse ground. Your almond butter has little pieces of husk in it. Have you been eating my almond butter? I see the little pieces of husk through the clear thing. Through the clear thing of the jar? Yeah, you can see the little pieces. I guess I just thought that's what nut butters look like, but (laughs) I didn't think about the husks. This could be part of the problem. I don't know. It could be. (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) <laughs> I can't even wear my right glasses, so that yeah. could be part of the problem. <laughs> um, Getting annoyed with being too sick for too long could be part of the problem. No kidding. <laughs> so last Monday, I had a stomach ache. And you came home saying, I have had gas all day. And it must have been the polenta. No, it was Tuesday because we had had the polenta on Monday. Right. A Monday night, I had a little bit of a stomach ache. Tuesday, I had a stomach ache all day. Mm-hmm. And I'd been taking gas pills, and I I don't usually have that problem. And when I do, it never lasts like that. And then I realized Tuesday night, this could be the diverticulitis again. I remember feeling like this. Yep. So Wednesday morning, I called my doctor, who was inconveniently out of town. (laughs) And her MA offered me the APN at like four in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Or the guy I saw last time when I had hemorrhoids. 
This is an old people's show now, huh? <laughs> we're talking about how we're sick. <laughs> um, well, the guy who saw you before when you had hemorrhoids didn't even bother to look at your ass. Right. But and- here's the thing. I, I thought, okay, I know what the two antibiotics I took last time were. I brought them up on my phone from the pharmacy. I took a picture of that and I showed it to him and I asked him if I could just take those again. And he said it wasn't necessary. He was just going to give me Bactrim. Which is not the one you took last time, but no. is very good. Like, not good for your system, but good at killing shit. As I, as a pharmacist told me when I got to the pharmacy, it was good for my prostate. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I'm starting to wonder, like, this is the second time that you've seen this doctor and they have chosen not to even touch you at all. Okay. I, I'm not going to that doctor again. And this is like the the trans-friendly family practice in town. Like, there are two different doctors from this practice that are known in the trans community for being trans-friendly. And then apparently there's a third one who won't even touch you. I guess. I, I don't know that he was thinking about that ahead of time because afterwards, while I was waiting him to open the file and put the notes in, he said, oh... And then he said, hey, George, let me ask you about this. So I hobbled over there and he pointed at the screen where it says transsexualism. As a chronic diagnosis. Yes. And he said, uh, where'd you have that done? Because previous procedures, it says gender confirmation surgery. So what I really think, and I'll get back to that point in a second. What I really think is he's just incompetent. That's entirely possible. He didn't even look at my file beforehand. Ugh. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I stood there thinking, well, he's being kind of discreet. The office is full of people. Right. And I say, in town, you know, the, the big town nearby. Okay. And that I only had an endo and upper surgery because uh, I wasn't good at surgery. Yes. And he said, okay. Like, his question seemed to be answered of, could there be, I wondered if he was asking, like, could there be some complication like if you had had a histo with a lower surgery, could that be a part of the problem too? Right. Yeah. Eliminating other questions. And he seemed satisfied with that. And off I went and took Bactrim and felt worse and took Bactrim and felt worse. And the next day, I was planning on taking the day off for my sinus infection. Yes, we are the old people podcast talking about our ailments. They've been listening <laughs> to us for too long. When you see that I'm not putting on work clothes, that I'm putting on around the house kind of clothes, you say, oh, good, you're staying home. Yes, I felt relieved because I wasn't sure if I could get myself to the ER. And so I drop the kids off at the school and I take you to the ER and we go to the one that's way out to the other side of town. Yeah, we had to go to the farther one because if you go into town, you're going to deal with ambulances. And if you go to the other ER, you're not going to deal with all that trauma stuff or whatever. Yeah. So we went to that one, and it, it was nice because it didn't take so long. There's another guy in the lobby who was hanging himself over the furniture like I was. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And they did blood work. You'll remember more of this than I will because I was trying not to die. You were trying not to die. Little did they, I know how bad I felt was really because I was trying not to die. You you literally were, and that's yes. the thing. They sent me for a CAT scan. They did, about the same time that I left to go and try and find some lunch. But by that point, they had already started you on some antibiotics because your first blood test had come back with high levels of markers for sepsis. Yes, they were very good. I thought the doctor was a little wonky. The, the emergency room doctor? doctor? Yeah. Okay. He gave me the impression he didn't really want to be at work today dealing with us sick people. 
You know, but I think we all have days like that. We Exactly. We all have those days. I'm sure that the sick people don't want to be there dealing with the doctor either. So Right. <laughs> well, most of them anyway. Right. Yeah, he was a younger guy, but he wasn't so young that he was like, woohoo, I'm working. <laughs> he was like, damn it. <laughs> I had a high fever. You did. And they kept giving me... Tylenol to try and bring your fever down. Yes. And they weren't going to give you ibuprofen because your blood pressure kept dropping. Well, they had given me some painkiller. Did they? What did they give me? Morphine, Percocet? I don't I know what they gave morphine. me. I think it was morphine. That made my blood pressure drop. They didn't know uh-huh. that, that, that I was going to react quite as severely to that. Yeah, they um, were but giving I was you in, that for the abdominal pain. Yes. But by that point, that was not the least of your pains. Well, the fever was causing a lot of pain, and I couldn't stop shaking. So I spent basically a day and a half... In the hospital, shaking, packed in ice. You were literally packed in ice. Yeah, I I was able to eventually send you a text and say, the nurse handed me the ice pack and said, put this on your scrotum. (laughs) (laughs) He sent me back a text saying, I think you know what to do. And I said, yes, but it was just funny. It was. Again, these, these nurses and doctors who, you know, they have no reason to check these prior diagnoses. So they don't see that you don't have one of those. And yeah. And I think, well, it doesn't matter. I still need to put the ice there and I can barely do anything. Like you're completely knocked out at this point. Like the, the, the infection. No, I, w- I would have liked to have been knocked out. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. You are completely disabled at this point. You, the infection has you so bad. You just, you can't even move half the time. And I, it was very bad. Yeah. And they wanted me to pee in the urinal so they could do a urine test. And for, for the longest time in the ER, I couldn't because I couldn't pee. And then when I could, I couldn't stand. Right. And you don't have the equipment that can pee in a urinal laying down. No, I don't. We could have asked them for a bedpan. I, I thought about that, but see, once after I did get them a urine sample into the urinal, which my legs weren't as bad right then as they would be later. Right. I did, when I got to my room, manage to go back and forth to the restroom. They just put a hat thing in there, but I just told them, I can't pee laying down. <laughs> okay, and by hat thing, you mean... <laughs> <laughs> they put a, a thing in there to catch the urine so they can make sure how much fluid is going out compared to what they're putting in. Yes. They yes. want to measure it. This is this is science. Yes, they are rehydrating you and they want to make sure that your body is passing through the fluid correctly. But it just amused me that you called it the hat thing. That's what they called it. They called it a hat thing? They called it a hat. We need to put the hat in the toilet. <laughs> that is great. I'm telling you. It's not that I'm trying to hide my trans status at that point. I'm more playing a game of who's going to figure it out. And besides that, like I said, I was trying not to die. So, and unfortunately, I quite questioned my ability to make that effort at that point. I thought this is really... You even had me worried, and I'm usually not that worried, but you even had me worried for a few hours. I was like, shit, this isn't going good. And And this isn't feeling like it's going good. Weren't allowed to die yet. And so you didn't. I didn't. Good job. Thank you. I like when you follow directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's important to follow your wife's directions because, unfortunately, I remember that Grandma apparently told Papa that when he died. She said, and you're not listening to me again. <laughs> so 
So it was the, it's a, it was a really big ordeal. It and, was, but then you know you're watching all these doctors and nurses, and it was an interesting experience. You said watching who would do what and how different nurses and doctors would interact with different patients based on gender and race and perceptions of privilege and what their approaches were depending on their privilege and race as well. That was very interesting to me. So the, the, the nurses, when I got up there, that was uh, late in the day, and they were getting ready, you know, leaving about an hour or so. And when they left, I got some other nurses that, one of which the, the CNA, I think, was busier thinking about herself and what she wanted to do when she got off of work. But that was the only one that was like that the whole time I was there. Everyone was yeah. respectful and helpful and like and ran that, on top so of things. Those two nurses were... The nurse is more in charge, so she has some more power. So she doesn't have to, like, throw any power around. The CNA wanted to give me... She said, white man coming into my territory, he's going to try and tell me what's up because I've seen this happen way too many times, and I'm just going to shut him down before he can even start. She wanted to, and I thought, I know what you're doing, so I'm just going to let you... I'm going to hope that this looks like it's working. Right. But she looked at me and she said, if you don't get that fever down, we're going to put a cold blanket on you. And, and she, she had that smirky, like, I'm going to put you in. Nothing. I'm going to put you in deep freeze. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, crap. And she looks like she would enjoy that. That was my first encounter with her. And then during the night, if I needed something, she would sometimes say yes and then disappear and not come back with the nurse. And I didn't appreciate that because I was feeling quite so bad. You were. Yeah. And you were. But like there were a handful were, of other people there yeah. also. So They came in there and that's when they packed me in ice. Instead of the cold blanket, whatever the hell that is. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask because I was busy being sick. You were busy trying not to die. Yeah. The thing is, because I had gone septic, I was very, very toxic. And so everything hurt and I couldn't stop shaking. That is the real bummer about a blood infection. Every single part of your body has blood. So every single part of your body hurts and is infected and contains toxins and germs and yeah. other unhappy things. Exactly. So if they took my blood pressure, I thought for sure my arm would fall off and I would be okay if it did. <laughs> You know, they took a lot of blood at first, and every time they did that, every time they tied the blue rubber band around my arm, I thought the same thing. It was just excruciating. I never yeah. felt anything like that. And when the doctor came around the next day, he was saying that it was just going to get worse for about 24 to 48 hours, because as the germs were being killed off, they were dying still in your bloodstream, and then they were releasing all their toxins into your bloodstream, and you were just going to be extra toxic for the next day and a half. And I was like, fuck, okay, let's hope all the toxins get out and the infection stops. That's what I was thinking at that uh -huh. point. Because I was going back and forth to the restroom. I could ask for a bedpan, but I could get back and forth to the restroom. Right. I could get there holding on to the pole mm -hmm. with all my bags attached to it. Yes, your, your IV pole that was on a rolly thing that mm -hmm. you could take with you, yep. And if I could get there swiftly enough and sit down, my legs were good. Yeah. And then I would sit long enough with my legs, not at the angle that they were feeling like they were numb and going to fall off also. <laughs> and then I would manage Every to... Every bathroom trip would take this long, involved process so as not to have excruciating pains in your extremities. 
Yes, or to survive them, really. It wasn't that they were going to... I knew they weren't going to stop at that point. Right. Once he explained it to me, I knew that. Ahead of time, I thought, now what's wrong with me? But that's what it was. It was being toxic. And so you're already listening to the old people's podcast at this point. So the toilets are too high in the hospital because they don't want you going down too far. Because there's a lot of old people who need to use the toilet and they can't get down to a low seat. Right. I understand that, but my legs being numb. They needed the squatty potty or the footstool or something. Yeah, because if I could put my legs not where the circulation was being affected, it helped. So, But I decided to do it that way anyway because... It wasn't really going to be that much less pain to try to like get on a bedpan. And I didn't know if I could do it because my brain just says, no, no, you're laying down, don't pee. Yeah. It just does. Right. Getting back and forth seemed to me like a good idea because I didn't want to have been sitting in the bed that constant. Yeah. And like our Jesus friend, because he was in the bed and because his muscles were starting to deteriorate, had to have those um, pressure cuffs put on that would pump the circulation. And if you could keep your muscles working and keep them pushing the circulation through the blood and the lymph, then hopefully that would assist with processing out the toxins from your system. And it turns out that was a good idea because the next time the doctor said, what I want you to do is get up and walk around with your wife and have some soft food. Mm -hmm. Because first I was on what's called a clear diet. Then when things were not improving, he took me off of everything. Because if the pain was making you nauseous and he didn't want anything in your system to get thrown out thrown out and yeah. then end up bursting your infected section of your intestines correct right and i was fine with that i didn't want anything anyway after that he gave me back the clear diet and i still didn't want it cuz i was just like i could drink some of the chicken broth but not the beef one and i just hospital food is nasty anyway and so he asked me he said how are you eating and i said well i'm trying but and i paused and because i was sick i probably paused longer than usual and he said hospital food is terrible and i said <laughs> Yes. And he said, okay. He even acknowledged it. He was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to give you some low fiber soft food diet and I want you to start walking and see if this eliminates the problem. And here's what we found out, you and I. I could walk. I just couldn't stop. I stopped. I was in trouble. <laughs> it's true. It hurt. Yeah. And how we figured this out is we walked. And then also when the boy came, yes. when the boy came and we were taking his sitter back down in the elevator because I was walking, he said to me, well, if it hurts when you stop, just keep walking. <laughs> Because that's how he does things. Yes. And I was like, cool. And so you were pacing in tiny circles in the big elevator. Following him. Yeah. And he was leading you around. Here's how you do it, Dad. Yeah. And it was great because it worked. It was. Although it was funny that we had to get you a shower before he got there because you were finally feeling well enough to, you know, be out of bed for long enough. But Four days later. Then the nurses were like, no, we want to give you this new medicine. So wait for us. And then we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the doctor to come around to okay the new antibiotic and then we're like no but the boy is coming we really do need to get you a shower because dick patrol is on the way yeah i was concerned about that because if he comes in while you're taking a shower we don't want that i'll never hear the end of it so i had some i had different staff like uh, a korean nurse i had a white lady nurse I had um, a black woman, a very, very young person with a, the CNA was... Um, she seemed to be the most competent out of all of them. She was very competent and I, she was great. I had her two nights and it was so nice. Mm -hmm. 
and her helper was a different if Asian you person. At the hospital, that would sound wrong. I had her for two nights, and it yeah. was so nice. <laughs> yeah, can, right. Can I have her for two nights? I don't know. You'll have to check with her, dear. Okay. Yeah, that's the way it works. It is. Yeah. They all had very different approaches to things. For instance, there was this lady down the hall who was the escapee old white lady. Now, Uh. in my mind, those are the only ones who try to escape. I never see any Asian or black lady trying to escape nothing. No, it's the old ones who are privileged enough to think that they should get what they want when they want it and they're just going to go get it. Yeah. Or they've just gotten crazy enough. Yeah. Somehow they managed to do that a little better too. (laughs) But the white ladies would just like put her in her place, man. No, stay there. (laughs) And the younger black woman would be chasing her down the hall with this kind of higher voice. Come on, sweetheart. No, no, you can't do that, honey. You have to stay in your bed. You know, that kind of thing. Like coaxing her. Yes. You know, I couldn't hear the uh, Korean nurse, but I, I, I imagine she was somewhere in between. I mean, was, they, was she gone by the time that the male nurse got there? He was there for one of the days. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they got, she was gone and then they got a screamer. Uh. Yeah. And the screamer also had an alarm on her bed. So when the alarm would go off, they'd go running over there and she'd start screeching. Like our number two child does. Screeching Just like making a banshee. Noise. To make noise, to get um, attention. To get attention, to, yeah. to faint. Well, in her case, she was claiming discomfort or pain or something. In his case, he's just screeching. But um, <laughs> it really comes out to the same thing. So they were they were trying to deal with her. She wouldn't listen to any of them. And no. eventually the, the old Indian doctor had to give her a stern lecture. He did. We appreciated listening to that. It made me laugh. Yeah, it was it was very interesting to watch that. That was my entertainment because I don't like the TV. Now, here's the thing. My neighbor, at first my neighbor didn't, he wasn't a bother at all. He was a great neighbor at first because he laid there watching all these home repair shows. Yeah, and your neighbor is the person in the bed on the other half of the room. Yes, and they yeah. have this cool setup where you're a little more separated because... They've got the curtain between it and there's kind of different alcoves of the room. And I thought, this is a great neighbor. He just listens to shows and he doesn't do anything and he's not escaping or screeching or anything. Until I came to try and visit you and I couldn't hear myself think because he had him up so loud. Right. But he didn't get better because he'd have somebody visiting him and they would smell like 10 ashtrays full of cigarettes on fire. I mean... And uh, and that was short-lived. The, the guy would walk in and like it would fill up the entire room. And granted, the smell would dissipate after he left, but oh my God, it was gross. Well, and that that's hard because the person who has it doesn't have any idea and he wasn't willing to consider it anyway. But he would leave, so that was an advantage. <laughs> but then the other, the neighbor, the old guy there, and he wasn't that much older than me. He wasn't even 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. He was a, a stroke victim. He would watch MASH, and you said... I am going to have suicidus painless stuck in my head for weeks now. And and the problem for me was I didn't know the name of the song, and now I knew the name of the song, and it was going to drive me nuts. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Leave it to the music teacher to tell you the name of the song. (laughs) Anywhere, anytime, for any reason. I'm sorry. He watched that all day. I didn't know there could be so many episodes played on the regular TV. And then he, the next, like the last night I was there, if he was awake, the TV was on. And if he wasn't, I'd get a nurse to go over there and turn it off for me. And she was real glad to do it. Oh, yeah. And there's sort of the CNA. I always said... 
thank you when I did everything. Like they could came and took blood or they whatever they were doing. I said thank you because I think it's important. Especially being they they probably get an so old many, white guy. Yeah. They get so many people in there who don't want to be there and they're taking out their frustrations on the only other people they can do that to who are the people who they are technically paying to help them, but Right. No, you don't do that. No, you don't. So I didn't. And then I'd try to go to sleep when I finally could sleep, when I wasn't just dozing off or sleep, trying to sleep through the pain or whatever. Like I could lay down the second to the last night and then I'd like panic waking up. I was having the weirdest dreams, like we were in some pirate daycare center <laughs> that our kids were in and, and uh, number two son was on the loose and man, and this stuff was like super vivid. I bet. So all my dreams were super vivid. So it was really hard to sleep. I finally gave up at some point, like five in the morning. And I hadn't gone to sleep that early. When I started having those, I got up again and I started watching Queer as Folk, which is what I'll watch if you're not watching something because you don't want that. The American version is too just intense for me. I don't enjoy shows where half of the plot revolves around someone being selfish and making a problem for themselves. Right. I just needed something distracting. And yes, I and hadn't so you were seen watching the British version. So I was. I probably would have watched that with you, but. You might have. It was pretty much the same thing. Yeah. But it was a better story. That's good. The original one. I had already watched those episodes in the American version, so it was an interesting comparison. One of the fun parts was instead of the geeky guy being into comic books, he was into Doctor Who. That's great. So that was totally fun. Yay. And then I finally slept for a couple hours, and I was happy with a couple hours sleep. I was super thrilled. I bet. The next night, after dealing with my neighbor who turned on the TV in the middle of the night, um, when he was asleep, the phlebotomist comes in at about four. And she comes in there yelling, Donald, <laughs> and turns on the light. And I said, I'm George. And she turns towards my neighbor to go over there. I said, no, he's Jeff. Don't go there. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And she goes back outside the room. She realizes she's in the wrong room. Because I was like, no, no, wake him up. <laughs> and something eventually woke him up and he turned on the TV anyway. My office was very kind, and the admin guy came there. You know, it's a good drive for him, and brought me FMLA papers because the doctor said if you need FMLA papers done, you need to have them here on your last day because you won't be able to track me down for them. Because this doctor is seeing patients at numerous locations for this hospital system. Right. And eventually he probably has a day off. I don't know if doctors do that. And we waited. And waited and waited right. and waited. In the meantime, all the walking that we had done the day before and the actual food they gave me, which didn't taste too bad because I hadn't had food in several days because I was on a clear liquid diet when I saw the incompetent doctor. Yes. So I was thrilled to have some food and it did give me some energy and my blood work also got better and the walking helped the blood circulate and the toxins get out. I still had that a couple of days after coming home. You it's only been the last two days have that... have, yeah, a lot of weakness and... Well, I didn't feel weak on Monday getting out of the hospital, but I felt weak once I started the oral antibiotics on Tuesday. Yeah, the IV antibiotics didn't F with your digestive system and your ability to absorb food. But the oral ones did, and it's a big stomach ache the whole time, and I feel really weak. Like, I can't even open something. You brought me your jar of juice, or your bottle of juice last night, your jar of juice. <laughs> 
I brought you my probiotics. Uh-huh. It was a probiotic beverage. Yeah. yeah. I Mm-mm. couldn't open the foil on the frickin' yogurt this morning. I'm sorry. Yesterday, FedEx came to bring the big kid. Their, uh... A zero child's, yeah. uh... Cat delivery, you know, supplies. Food, cat foods and stuff, yes. Yeah, and... That uh, they order online. I was going to take the box from the uh, delivery person, and I started to take it from her, and I was like, oh, I can't, and I gave it back to her. And I was like, oh, wow, I was going to be crushed under that thing. Yeah, did, did you explain, I'm I told sorry, her, yeah. Well, I just told her, I said, I'm sorry, I just got out of the hospital, I shouldn't have tried. And she's like, oh, no, just leave it, I got it. Yeah. She was very nice. but That's good. I'm sure she's very strong with all that carrying stuff around, but I am particularly puny right now. You are, I feel yeah. bad for you. It's terrible. I would be driving myself nuts like that. It does drive you kind of nuts. I told you the last few days, my butt was so tired of sitting. (laughs) I couldn't sit anywhere without my butt going, really, again? I'm sorry. And you said, can you lie on your stomach? I'm like, not with this stomach ache. Yesterday, I actually stayed up all day and put clothes on. Yeah, I saw that. I did. And I, I went over to the grocery store after I dropped off the boy because I really wanted the probiotics. Yes. I wanted them bad. You did. And, and I had are, streamlined they it. they to be helping? Yes. They helped my stomach not hurt so much in between antibiotics. Okay. I try to time them so I can get the most application of them before I have to take something else. And then I came home and had f- food and rested. And then I tried to get a statement from the dermatologist I saw last January. Oh, because you had their mole removed? Yes, because my flex card won't work, Mm -hmm. which means I had to pay the hospital bill on the, I mean, the ER bill on the credit card. I didn't even get a hospital bill yet, and I'm not even going to think about it. And then I called the chiropractor, and I went there, and I told him, don't break me. Ha ha. Did it work? uh, Yeah. So I feel better from that. I don't have the neck ache and stuff. I I imagine I got pretty out of whack when I was shaking for a couple days. So you're you're on the mend and a few incompetent white guy hiccups and a few gendery hiccups along the way, but mostly a smooth ride. I think so, considering the situation. Yeah. I'm never eating popcorn again in my life. Okay. Because it tried to kill me. I ate popcorn. I, I didn't even make that popcorn. That was, um, it was child at, number zero's popcorn. No, it was at work. Oh. And I probably ate that one too. Uh-huh. I thought I just need a light snack and I needed something salty. Nope. So? So I have to go talk to the surgeon on Monday. And they will have to, well, is the surgeon going to actually like check you out and stuff? Or are they going to send you for a scope first? Or do do you know any of what's expected to happen? Did you talk to the neighbor who had this procedure recently? I did talk to the neighbor. I know nothing. Okay. I'm asking you like question after question after question. I'm waiting for you to stop so I could say nope. <laughs> I assume that he will look at the things that have already been done and decide which things need to be done before he does surgery. And then he will tell me when he's doing that. Ah. Our big problem is you have a lot of concerts coming up. I do. It's the end of the school year. I still don't have a new job for next year. I'm still working on it, but... Yeah. And then the boy has to go to his psychiatrist Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm on FMLA, so... And we have to order hotel rooms for Galley. Yes. <laughs> yes, which you and I need to bring our computers to the same desk, and I need to see whose is loading faster and get this situation streamlined and figure out where I'm getting hiccups, because I'm not as fast at your native country as you are, and you will be at work. I will have to be at work. So it's a good thing that you have FMLA medical leave and that your intestines tried to kill you just before galley hotels went on sale. I, w- I would have just stayed home anyway. I have time off. 
You do. Yeah, and I wouldn't have had to leave and go see the surgeon afterwards. You wouldn't have had to deal with that whole intestines trying to kill you thing. Yeah, that would have been the best part. Yeah. Yeah. So is that it for now? I hope so. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. They make you have a colonoscopy. Uh, colonoscopy. Yeah. Okay. Let me say it over again. They make you... I don't know what the fuck that word is. <laughs> I love you. The letters don't go in my head. Scope. Think scope. scope. Okay. You keep saying ostopy. I forget the S. It's a scope. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. So when you get old like us, they make you have a colonoscopy. Yes. You said it right. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, 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 wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. It's not allowed anymore. No, that's why I'm going to just let yeah. him take it out. Yes. Yeah, and the, I know our neighbor's done that, and a guy at work has done that, and it's the lower intestine, and even my mother said, you'll be okay without that. So, says the colon irrigationist. Yeah. She would have known how many problems came across her desk that had surgeries that... Liter- literally across her desk, because she was up people's rears for her living. Now, really, you didn't have to put that at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't give them enough <laughs> anyway. crap to deal with here. <laughs> You're not making it better. <laughs> it's hard to make things better right now. It is. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>